the way you get a follow on Pinterest now is really through idea pins that mm-hmm. that call to action on the end slide. So a year ago, I would have said, don't even worry about followers. They just kind of happen. But on Pinterest, it's kind of hard to get a follower. Yeah. Now that they've introduced idea pins and they have this final slide, we see the follower growth increasing, but that doesn't necessarily correlate to impression or click increase. Mm. So you have to kind of take the metrics of follows, impressions, saves, and clicks kind of as different types of engagement and measure them all separately, not necessarily together. Welcome to the Full-Time Influencer Podcast. I'm your host, Tina Lee, and I'll be sharing industry knowledge and social media tips through weekly interviews with established creators and Q&A sessions. Our goal is to help you decode social media, become a full-time influencer, and do what you love for a living. Let's dive in. Hello, welcome back. Today we have an expert in Pinterest. We have Kate on our podcast to tell us a little bit more about this platform. So hello, Kate. Welcome. Hello. It's so nice to be here. Thanks so much for having me on. Thank you for coming on. So uh, usually before we get into all of the juicy details, I like to ask my guests just to introduce themselves briefly, maybe two of these sentences about where you're from and what you specialize in. Yeah. So I run a company called Simple Pin Media. We're a Pinterest marketing agency and we specialize only in Pinterest marketing. We have a team out here in Portland, Oregon. We work with lots of clients and lots of students as well to help people figure out how to use Pinterest in a way that serves the end goals of their business and doesn't make them feel overwhelmed. So we've been doing it for eight years now, which makes me feel a little bit like a Pinterest historian. And we watch yes. all the trends and see everything that's happening. <laughs> yes. And I know you have a Simple Pin Media podcast because I actually used to listen to that years ago when I was just starting. This was five years ago I was starting. And so at that time, I was trying to um, get my feet wet in every single platform. So I listened to a lot of your your podcasts, which were very, very helpful. So if anyone also wants to listen into the podcast, it's a great resource for Pinterest. So you started the podcast, I think you said six years ago? I did, yeah, six years ago this coming May. Wow, that's amazing. That's so many episodes. So can you tell us a little bit about how you got into Pinterest specifically and, and why you love Pinterest as a platform? Yeah, in 2013, I was helping a friend with her website and we were working on Facebook and Facebook had changed their business algorithm. And so naturally people were looking for the next place to get traffic specifically at the time. And everybody was looking over to Pinterest, but they were like, we've only used it personal. We don't necessarily know how to make that leap to business. And so at the time, my job was really to figure out how to do that. How do you make Pinterest work for a business when you only have that reference? And then from there, started studying all the ways that Pinterest was changing and tweaking their algorithm. And Pinterest is kind of known as like about two to three years, sometimes behind other platforms, especially because the ecosystems are so different. And so as a result of that, it was just really this question of, okay, how can marketers use this as another arm of their business and not try to recreate what we saw on Facebook, but really help their end user come to their website? And it was a great traffic driver for sure. And so that's what we've really dove into is 
Um, how as Pinterest merges into this new, I guess we're calling it kind of the new Pinterest in 2022. There's lots of changes. How do businesses still do that, but also repurpose content too as well? I see. So for some of the people who might not be super familiar with Pinterest on sort of the business side and the side of driving traffic, because I think we all know like how to use Pinterest. We save boards like our wedding inspo boards and all of that. But beyond that, um, how does Pinterest currently function, especially going forward in 2022? How do you foresee that helping other people with different channels to drive traffic? Yeah. So one of the things we say about Pinterest is we put it in the bucket of Google, YouTube, and it's the third largest traffic driver. So with that, it distinguishes itself real clearly from social media, whereas the end user goes onto Pinterest and they say, what's in it for me? Whereas when they go to Instagram or TikTok, they're like, how can I follow you and get kind of immersed in your life? Mm. So if we're a marketer, we really have to approach it two different ways, not with an Instagram lens, which we find a lot of people do they go onto Pinterest and they think, oh, you want to learn about me? No, they follow you because they value what it is you're talking about because they have a question. So we think of Pinterest users as cold. They're not interested in you and they take a long time to make a decision. And so that's another thing too, if we're looking at even the buyer's journey or when they're gonna take action to join your email list or even read a post, they're gonna take about three to six months and plan before an event. So even if it's like travel, they're looking at June right now and pinning like crazy to their Pinterest board. And then they're going to come revisit in May and interact yes. with your content. So the marketer's lens for that has to be, this is a long game, not a short game, which means your metrics are different too. You're not necessarily looking at what happens in the moment or even within 24 hours, you're looking at your stats 30, 60 days later, which is a huge shift for marketers to make. And it's frankly, a lot of people get super impatient with Pinterest. They're like, this is taking forever, which is, that's how it works. It takes forever. Yes. You bring up such a good point. That's a very big distinction that I really do want to emphasize there. We go to social media and it's, and it's a very immediate algorithm for Instagram, you know, in feed posts, it might be three days for reels. It might be three weeks that they last for in reach and same as TikTok, but Pinterest really is in the months. However, from, for me personally, even now, I still get a ton of my traffic on my website that I have not updated for two Mm -hmm. years just from Pinterest, which is kind of the beauty of Pinterest. And so that's why everyone in this world of like, I need immediate results. People tend to sleep on Pinterest, but it can be a beast when you know how to use it, which is why I'm really excited to talk more about it today. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And that distinction particularly, I think, comes in the fact that Pinterest is more of a search engine, right? Would you Mm -hmm. consider Pinterest to be, would you say it's a search engine versus a social media platform, right? Yeah, definitely. We call it search and discovery. And it's the same user habit exists on YouTube and Google that exists on Pinterest. So there's a search bar at the top and most people go there um, with a long tail, usually asking a longer question or how Mm. to or looking for things because they have something in mind. And then they can also get lost. But what's interesting is they're looking at the image that they engage with and they want the image, they want to put their life in that image. So that being said, that's how their search intent works with, is this going to work for me? Yes. And what we find is that 
for marketers, it's really hard to make that switch sometimes. And that's why I love that phrase that you just used, sleep on Pinterest, because it kind of doesn't make us feel good as marketers. There's not that same like or heart or these engagement metrics. The validation. Yeah, totally. And not a lot of comments or conversation. We joke that Pinterest is the introvert's Mm -hmm. platform. (laughs) So when it comes to marketing over there, you really have to think of that same search. And an interesting thing that we see in all of our data is that we have a lot of people who use Instagram really heavily But when we compare the stats in Google Analytics, their traffic, like what you just said, is through the roof compared to anywhere else. So if you want people who take action, they're on Pinterest. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's really interesting. And you mentioned that it's more of a top of funnel. So for anyone listening who's maybe more of a creator and creative and doesn't really uh, look into as much of marketing terms, top of funnel is really just like the broad a space where you get people who don't know you at all and don't know who you are, your name, what you look like, and they're trying to find information. And that's where you start to push them into first your content through something valuable. And then from there, they start to realize, oh, you have other content. And then they start to get to know you. And then very slowly, they may become followers. So that's more the concept of top of funnel. And so if we're treating Pinterest like a place to get more eyeballs and then hopefully eventually turn them into followers, what kind of creator do you think Pinterest is suitable is it for? Is there a certain demographic that is most frequently using Pinterest or any kind of topics that are most popular or most searched for? Yeah, that's a such a great question. And I think it's really goes back to um, there's a lot of uh, travel, DIY, food, yeah. wedding, there's all those niches as well. But if you have something that feels um, like it's not super popular, I would go onto Pinterest and search the keywords or maybe questions that people are asking to see. And mm. to your point about this top of funnel, we have something here at Simple Pin called the Simple Pin Framework, and it goes through inspire, inform, and decide. Mm. All the people on Pinterest are looking to be inspired. They're looking for that aha moment. So whatever it is, your your topic or niche, how can they be inspired at that stage? of, oh my gosh, I didn't even know this was possible or what a great idea. And then they come and they want to read more in that content that you create to get informed. And then they're going to later make a decision. So we don't see that buyer's journey happen as quickly. But when it comes to topics, there's two places I tell people to go. One is that search bar. Number Mm -hmm. two is trends. So there's something on Pinterest called trends.pinterest.com. Mm-hmm. And the great part is, is you can see the trends right now between the U.S., the U.K., and Canada. So you can put in your search term to see like a volume of searches and what time of year they happen. So if you're ever questioning, will my content fit on Pinterest, go to those two places just to see what's out there. And mm-hmm. if you come up with nothing, then usually what that means is we don't see a lot of local restaurants per se that come up. We might see a lot of local tourism, but we don't see local restaurants or practitioners kinds of things. So if somebody was like a chiropractic clinic, I would be like, yeah, it's not going to work for you. But if it's something where people can visit or it's evergreen, that's definitely a good idea. 
Right. Yes, that is one concept that's really important to keep in mind when on Pinterest evergreen, because it takes longer for the content to be spread out and to gain traction. It is important to think about what you're posting to Pinterest and that it has that longevity. So if you are posting something for, let's say it's seasonal, seasonal fashion or seasonal travel, it may take until, let's say a few months before the next year of that season for, for it to pick up more traction. Um, but don't let that stop you from creating that content and repurposing it onto Pinterest now, as long as that topic has longevity and will come back one way or another, right? Mm, yeah, exactly. Pinterest, their rule of thumb is try to pin your pins 45 days in advance of the event. Mm -hmm. And then like you said, sometimes you can do that and it might not get picked up right away but it might get picked up the next year. And yeah. I think you said that too, like you have things that haven't been updated for two years that are still getting visits from Pinterest. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's why Pinterest is pretty amazing that way. So most of our listeners here, I do believe that Pinterest would be helpful for them because we have a lot of people in the travel, fashion, lifestyle, beauty niche. So these are pretty common. So for, for these people, if they are looking to try and use Pinterest as, as that top of funnel to drive traffic to their Instagram or their TikTok or their YouTube, what are some of the best ways to approach Pinterest? Do you start an account and then you just start by collecting um, folders in your niche first and populating them first and reposting first? Yeah, I think the best way actually first is to number one, create a profile and make sure it's business. I know mm -hmm. a lot of people who come from Instagram will say, oh, I should keep it personal. But on Pinterest, you always want a business account. It's the best way to get analytics and access to ads. Yes. And then number two, make sure your profile is just, it, it looks kind of like a, a library, if you will. Like, what are the things you're going to talk about? And we have boards for each one of those subjects. So yeah. if it's travel and you have it all around the world, you want to have boards for those specific things. And then you want to do two things. And I think this is where those who are using Instagram and TikTok will work is Pinterest is now trying to diversify into other options of pins. Before, we've just had one thing called a static pin. You yes. just pin a pin. It goes to your website. That's it. Well, then they started adding video and it's very much short form. So if you do want to have a longer form video, we recommend it's on your website or YouTube. And the thing on Pinterest is just less than a minute 30. Yeah. And now we have what Pinterest has called idea pins. And these are where you can repurpose some of that short form content and it doesn't link. So this is an interesting one that Pinterest added in that resembles more reels or TikToks. It's just the slides like a story that talks about a small topic. The great part is that Pinterest is trying to introduce for people who are influencers or they're working with brands brand mm -hmm. partnerships that you can do with these idea pins. And then you can even monetize them by adding your affiliate links or linking out to other products. And so this has just really exploded within the last six months. And so if there's a way for um, people using TikTok or Instagram to adopt quickly to Pinterest, I would say number one is go to your app, look at what Pinterest is doing to get some examples of how other people are using it and then repurpose. However, the only caveat I'll tell people is it has to be about the end user. So back to what I said about search, yes. it has to be about tips, education, 
how to's. It can't really be about your day. It can't be any of that because they don't know you. They don't really care about your day yet. But if you have an amazing hair tutorial, they are all in and they will save that forever. So that's a really good way for people to jump in and adopt to it with some of the content they're already using on other platforms. Yeah, that's actually really interesting uh, is because Pinterest is really used differently. So we kind of have to rewire our brains a little bit. If you're on Instagram, you want to have a mix in terms of your content strategy. So you want, let's say, the majority of your content to be ones that's shareable and discoverable. And then you want a portion to be more personal because it's like your home. You're inviting people in and you're showing them different parts of your day and your life. And then there's also other parts, like a smaller part that's sponsored content. Whereas Pinterest is very different. It's as if if today you were a creator and you had to curate a library, your Pinterest would be your library and your Instagram would be your home. And so you invite people into your home, but you can use this library of all kinds of curated information or reposts of your own content to attract people to visit your library. And then from there, they'll get to know you. I think maybe that's a good way to think about it. Yeah, I love the way you described that. And I think, (laughs) as you said, the beginning, the shareable and discoverable content that you're doing on Instagram, you want to think of it like that too, like pull some of that over. And what I also love too, what we've heard a lot of people use these idea pins on Pinterest for is maybe you don't want to write a long blog post, or maybe you have an idea and you just want to see if people like it. This is a way to put it onto Pinterest to see, "Mm, are people going to engage with it? And if people love it and it goes crazy, you're like, okay, I can do an expanded blog post on it or spin off the topic. Mm. I will tell you that what I've learned from that is that people on Pinterest for my audience specifically, they love how to's. Anytime Mm -hmm. I do a how to, they just, it goes crazy. But anytime I tend to do something that's more in depth or something that's just not a how to, but maybe a little out of their reach, it doesn't get as good of interaction. So take a little bit of what you know about your Instagram user with their, with the tutorial, discoverable, shareable content and repurpose that into Pinterest and see how it does with your analytics. Yeah. So now Instagram is moving towards more short form videos, specifically in real. And, you know, that's the only content type that you can repost from TikTok. So how do you see Pinterest changing going forward in 2022 to adapt to this change where everyone, every single platform is like, we need video content. And then how do we as creators repurpose our video content um, to Pinterest to get the maximum result? Yeah, great question. So I think there's two things that are happening right now is I think Pinterest wants to kind of come up to the level playing field of Instagram and TikTok with the short form. However, you have this tension of how the user works. So it's kind of like they're not interested in TikTok dances or reels or anything like that. So if you try to put that on there, they're like, what is this and why is it here? And so I think what Pinterest in 2022 has to reconcile is – their original user base loves the way that it works, right? Where they can click on something and go find out more. Whereas these idea pins and the short form video, they don't link. And so I think what we'll have to see is still a little bit of kind of like a multi-diversity of using pins on the platform, static pins, videos that click, idea pins, and then potentially ads. And I think that will create a really great holistic strategy. But mm-hmm. I just think that's what we're that's what we're kind of waiting to see is are behind the scenes pinners complaining 
or are they adopting to this? And I think the quicker they maybe adopt to it, the more quicker it will be the short form video piece. The other element that Pinterest is adding in is Pinterest TV. Now oh. that's not short form, but it's definitely video. I don't know how that's going to take off because it's a little bit of like a Facebook live kind of format, but it's doing something. So like if you and I were doing like a project together, we could do that on Pinterest TV and we could show how it works. And what's great is you can leave your affiliate link for the products. I I don't know. I haven't seen (laughs) a lot of personal users who have that on their app yet. But if you go onto your app in the upper left, you'll see a little TV. You can click on it. So I think the jury's still out right now as to will Pinterest be able to compete with that short form video? I don't know yet. Depends on how the user responds to it. Yeah. I wanted to ask you a little bit more about that idea pin. You said it doesn't link out to um, anywhere else. So basically, do you upload it as like a video? Let's say you have a 60 second video. It uploads and gets chopped into a few small pieces. Yeah, exactly. and, And then they can go to your Pinterest page from there to discover your other pins. Yeah. So what they have, they call them slides. So you can do anywhere between one and 20 and it breaks it up in there. The 15 second video clips, you can do static images or video clips. Mm -hmm. And then at the very end, Pinterest adds its final slide, which is a call to action to follow you and go visit your profile. Mm -hmm. So how we're seeing people go to your website is by watching this idea pin it's not time bound so it lives forever it's not like the 24 hour anything like that so people will save them Mm -hmm. or they can come to your profile and then they click on your website link and go to your website Mm -hmm. we're seeing a lot of clicks from pinterest happen that way and then on the stats of the idea pin they have a little thing called profile visits. So you can see how many profile visits you got and how many followers. Now for people who are really interested in growing followers, idea pins are a great way to do that because static pins we have found over the years, followers haven't mattered. But now because there's that call to action at the end that says follow, you definitely are going to increase in followers with that too. Mm -hmm. Also another caveat to this as well is idea pins. Um, there's something called a creator monetization program. That's going to be, end up being rolled out. This is a great way to work with brands. So brands right now don't have access to idea pins. Mm -hmm. So Pinterest is looking in the future that if you tag a brand, the brand can like potentially accept to work with you through an agency. Or if you already have brands that you work with, you can tag them in an idea pin add that to your media pitch as well. This could be a good gateway into getting more access to other creator tools on Pinterest too, and working with that brand. Mm. So that was a long way to say they don't link, but there's a really good opportunity for them to come visit you and follow you and for you to get great brand work. Yeah, Uh, that's interesting. So there's different purposes for these pins. Idea pins is to get followers on Pinterest, whereas static pins is like driving followers to the source of where you pin that thing piece of content from so have you seen idea pins getting maybe more impressions than usual or is it maybe roughly the same or depending on the content of course yeah it's followed a similar pattern that we've seen with maybe reels on instagram the first couple times you use them you get great growth and then after that it kind of levels out it's almost like the platform is saying we want you to use it and we'll reward you and then all of a sudden we won't yes yes so with idea pins, it tends to be within the first 24 to 36 hours, we see a bump. 
Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it levels back down. However, there can be a secondary bump if that particular idea pin gets picked up in a keyword search. And so it all depends. Impressions is definitely higher than static pins. And, um, but definitely within the 24 to 36 hours, which we like this a little bit more because with what I said a minute ago about the 45 days in advance of an event, an idea pin can be pinned the week of an event. So Mm -hmm. if it's some kind of holiday and you haven't gotten your content out yet, you can utilize an idea pin because it's really in the moment. Did you know that there are at least 11 ways to make money on Instagram? Creators are making six or even seven figures by sharing their passions online, and you can too. I created a free guide called the Ultimate Instagram Monetization Guide, covering all the ways you can monetize your account, even if you don't have any followers yet. In this guide, you'll find step-by-step tips, resources, and links so you can start making money from Instagram today. Head to successfulinfluencer.com slash monetize to download your copy or click the link in the description of this episode. Now back to the show. Speaking of that sort of cycle of Pinterest, I also wanted to ask a little bit about um, repinning things and recycling content. I think this is actually quite a novel concept for any other platform, um, but only on Pinterest where you can repin things just even not like over and over again, but you can do it quite frequently and it actually helps your growth and helps that particular pin to eventually go viral. Can you tell us a bit about like how to repins, how frequently should you repins and maybe the benefits of doing that? Yeah, that's really interesting. I love that you pointed that out because it is so different than every other platform. It's like usually it's just once and on Pinterest, it can be like 20 or 30 times. That's why it's so misunderstood. Yes, exactly. So what we say, like, let's say I have a blog post today and I want to pin it to a board that closely matches the keyword topic. This is for the algorithm. So the algorithm knows like, oh, this pin is around this particular topic and keyword. But you might also have seven or eight other boards where this pin could also live. You could stagger that to drip out once a week for the next seven weeks. And the potential of catching somebody maybe in a different keyword bucket might exist because it's on a different board. Well, then you can even go back six months later and do the same thing. Because what we've seen is that the pinner habits, because they're so long and they're so different, and you never know when somebody's going to save or pin something, it gives us more opportunity when we pin more of our pins or repin them to engage with people in the future. So we tell people, utilize this strategy in a very long tail way over the year to drip out. Don't do it back to back to back. So we don't Mm. recommend 24 hours apart. We might recommend something like a week or two weeks or three weeks, especially if it's evergreen. You could do it once a month to different boards and there's no penalty for that. Mm, But mm. Pinterest will tell you, we really want you to have new content. So we tell people, don't just try to create a new image for it and then pin it again, but keep creating new content because that's where you'll get some really good numbers. Yeah. Yeah. So um, how do you actually go about repinning it? Obviously, manually, that would be really tired, right? You have to set up um, reminders. So what kind of softwares or or, um, websites do you use? 
Yeah, Pinterest has a list of approved scheduling tools, so you can search that on their site. But we like Tailwind is one that we use because they have a great interval tool where you can schedule and then drip them out. And a lot of people also use that for Instagram. Planoly is another one that we've liked and later. Mm-hmm. And Canva does have its own scheduling tool as well, but it tends to be a little bit more cumbersome. Mm. We've tested out all of those. Most of our team uses Tailwind and Planoly second. Oh, I see. I didn't know that Planoly also has that. So that's that's very interesting because I already pay for the Planoly Pro version. So yeah, and that's one of the things we tell people too, is that it look to see if your Instagram scheduler has a Pinterest scheduling component and just use that one so Mm. that you're not using two different programs. Yes, I I used to use what was the one that disappeared? Um, Board booster. Oh, yes. Yeah, that was when um, there was a strategy to repin quickly and massively. And Pinterest said, wait a minute, we don't want that. And they weren't an approved scheduling tool, which is why we tell people to use approved. Yes. Yes. Some people will come to us, too, and they'll say, isn't it bad for the platform to use a tool? And we tell people, no, Pinterest has approved. There's no difference between using your phone to pin a pin and scheduling. They're the same thing save yourself some time. Yeah. So now that people really understand how Pinterest can be really helpful and also automated, so like less um, um, less stressful for you as a creator to use Pinterest, can you, I think maybe there are some people who need more of the basics of what kinds of pins should you uh, create for your content? Let's just say, for example, someone is um, specializes in travel in California and they have an Instagram and a TikTok and they share lots of photos and short form video and reels. So then you would recommend us do uh, a few idea pins that are more educational or helpful for people or share and how to. And then for the photos, are there dimensions or tips mm. that you recommend? Yeah. Okay. So number one, two to three is the ratio for a static image. Um, it is a different ratio for idea pins. It is escaping me at this time. I don't know why they changed it, but it's still vertical aspect ratio, just a little bit longer. Yeah. So if it were me and I was doing educational content around travel, I would create this kind of threefold strategy. Number one, you have your regular static pins where on the image you want to talk about maybe it's seven tips for going to Lake Tahoe, right? Mm-hmm. And then you would repurpose that into a short form video. Videos do still link on Pinterest. So you can do something that's a teaser that links to the website. Mm-hmm. And then what you could do for your idea pin is maybe share four tips for traveling to Lake Tahoe and then leave the five, six, and seven off and do the call to action at the end of the idea pin that says, check out our profile and click through to our website. Or don't say click check out our profile and learn more at our website about the other tips for traveling to Lake Tahoe. So in this, you can create all of those in Canva too. Canva does have an idea pin template inside of their program. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden you can schedule out all of the static pins. You can't, you can schedule video pins, but they don't pull like a cover image. So we recommend you just upload those directly to Pinterest and then idea pins. We recommend one to two per week. You Mm. can do a little bit more than that, but we find that it's not necessary. Got it. And then also it would be great if you're doing a tip that you create a nice graphic either inside Canva or Photoshop, right? And have some text on the top to tell people, not just the image itself. Yeah, correct. So 
any of the images on Pinterest do well with text because people on Pinterest don't read below. Whereas on Instagram, if I see an image, I immediately go below to get context. Mm -hmm. Whereas on Pinterest, what they're looking for is to get context in the image right away. We say it's like billboard advertising. You have Mm. less than two seconds. You want to have a statement that's something like five of the best places to eat in Lake Tahoe or five of the best hikes in Lake Tahoe. So I immediately know without having to read anything below, exactly what it is I'm going to get. We always use text. The only time that we usually don't is in the home decor space or Mm. sometimes in the, yeah, mostly in the decorating space. Because what we find is that people save an image or they click on it because they want to see the whole of like the living room or the bedroom. They don't want to be distracted. If you want to do something that's a roundup, like the 10 best bedside table lamps, You can do that separate, and then you can also show an image of just the lamp on the table or different versions. But that's really the only time we see to, like, avoid lots of text. Right. I guess another time for me, because I look at a lot of fashion and outfits, Mm -hmm. so probably, like, a full outfit. um, That's probably the only time when there's no text. I think one more scenario that I have seen is when it's um, like a photo shoot because I use Pinterest to get inspo for photo shoots. And so there's a lot of these beautiful images that I like to repin to my boards and just the image imagery itself is very inspirational. Yes, I do that as well. And I will pin a lot sometimes to secret boards. So I have Mm -hmm. my main business account of Simple Pin Media, and then I have some secret hidden boards. So if I want to just do anything personally, I don't have two separate accounts. So I can just pin anything to my secret boards. And I'll do that a lot for inspiration. I'll even go through Pinterest sometimes, and I will quickly pin images that catch my attention. I'll pin them to a secret board and then go back and look at them and take inspiration as to like, why it stood out to me, what were the colors that people used, what Mm -hmm. was the text on there. So I always tell people, if you're struggling with what things to create for Pinterest, take 10 minutes and do that really quickly on your phone and go back and look at it and see what stood out to you and then try to recreate that. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of secret boards, um, so like on all these social media platforms, we always recommend people to really niche down and get specific about what they're an expert in. Do you think that's also as strict on Pinterest or can you have a slightly larger variety of relevant topics as well? Since this is more like a museum or library Mm. versus like your home, what do you think? We recommend super niche down. A long time ago, maybe like two or three. No, I would say it's probably like four years ago now. We would say you can cast a wide net, like thinking of that person's lifestyle. Mm -hmm. But now because the algorithm is so targeted on on using those boards to serve up more content to future users, we don't want you to have a board that can't hold any of your content. So if you don't talk about hair, like I would never have a hairstyle board because it I can't put anything in there. And so you Mm. only want to have boards where your content can live so that the algorithm knows to show it to more people. Mm, I see. I see. So I might have to go back to my boards and and make some more of them secret. I've already made a lot of them secret boards. Yeah, it's not a deal breaker. I have some on my account, too, that we've played around with. Um, So you can leave some there. We just recommend it not as a strategy, that the majority of the places, the boards that you pin to have your content so Pinterest knows what your profile is about. Right. 
And so since we have a lot of creators here who are looking to monetize their various platforms, can you tell us a bit about how you can go about finding brand deals that are for Pinterest specifically, or maybe even just how to add that to an existing brand deals on Instagram and add value from your Pinterest? Right. So number one on your Pinterest profile, after you become a business account, if you look on your phone, there should be a red button underneath your profile that says Creator Hub. And when you click on that, what you'll see is two tabs at the top, Hub and Earn. Earn is still being rolled out to a lot of people, but you can click on it and it will list out for you all the categories of the people that they're looking for to do sponsored content with Pinterest. So that's mm-hmm. a number one way that was just released in October. And so we're seeing some people start to um, latch onto that. And we're seeing Pinterest specifically reach out to people to do some of these creator campaigns. The second way we're seeing that people can monetize that is adding affiliate links on their idea pins. So that's another one that they're allowing to do. And there is a third with brand sponsorships. That one is still being rolled out and pretty exclusive to a lot of people where you would tag a brand, they decide to work with you, and then you can begin a campaign. You'll see some pins with something that says a paid partnership with, and those are ones that are still in that creator monetization program. When it comes to if you're doing sponsored content for Instagram, what we recommend is that the brand that you're working with, reach out to them and let them know, hey, I'm on Pinterest too as well. What do you think about adding this into um, any of our sponsored content? I'll cut you. Actually, you're going to have to lead the brand through it because what we find too is that a lot of brands are the same way as they don't really recognize Pinterest, right? Yeah, They're yeah. not looking at it as an option. So you adopt to it, start to get your idea pins working, go back to the brands that you're working with on Instagram and say, hey, I'm doing this new thing. Look at the impressions that it's getting. And your brand might go, uh, 100% I'm on board with that. So let's do it. And then you can then charge more in your media kit for that. Tag them on Pinterest too as well. Make sure they have their profile set up because we've even seen some people work with brands who don't really have a great profile on Pinterest. So I think it's trying to get those two things kind of moving along. But there's, I would say, even more so than a year ago, we have a lot of great opportunity to make money on Pinterest with our sponsored and influencer type of work. Yeah. So um, I did this recently for a campaign with Adobe and they just asked for me to repin my two reels that I created onto my Pinterest. And that was just an easy way to put together a package that just provided more value to this this brand overall. So it's a good way to go about it. Maybe one more thing that if, if you need to sort of explain to brands about the value of Pinterest is to explain that it may take a while for the results to show, especially if it's like a regular pin and that sometimes um, some repinning or some patience for it to take off is required. Yeah, I would highly recommend you tell your brand that you're going to report to them at uh, 14, 30, 60, 90, because once you get out to that 30, um, 60, 90, the impressions are going to look way different. Right. And so 
that's another thing I think around education with brands is they are so used to the Instagram 24, 36 hours, even, you know, three weeks, like you said, for some reels, whereas that's not the same when it comes to Pinterest. So kind of leading them through it. But I kind of think the influencer that gets out front to add Pinterest into it and leading the brand through it will have a great relationship with that brand and create future opportunities for work. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so just to clarify, the 30, 60, 90 is just like days um, because on mm-hmm. Instagram, you know, they often ask us to provide analytics within three days, which oh, I really think word. is not enough at all. And sometimes they even ask for like the three-day analytics for reels. And I have to tell them like, it takes weeks for some of the reels to take off. Like some of my reels have taken two, three weeks before it just exponentially grew and actually went viral. So um, I try to also uh, share that information and observation with the brands I work with as well. Yeah, great, great call out. And so you also spoke a little bit about the impressions that you can get on your various pins. And how important is follower count on Pinterest, actually? Because I think this is one of the very, very rare platforms where people don't look at follower count. They just look on this main board and then they just pin whatever they like. So oftentimes there's less loyalty to like the account who posted it. It's just more interest in whatever is coming up on your feed. So then what kind of... um growth or what kind of numbers should we be looking at? Yeah. So 97% of searches on Pinterest are unbranded. So that means that the big brands and the small brands can both play on the same playing field. So you're right. When it comes to followers on Pinterest, they really haven't been that important because the user isn't interested in you. They're interested in them. And a user that's interested in you will follow, right? Yeah. The way you get a follow on Pinterest now is really through idea pins because of that Mm -hmm. call to action on the end slide. So a year ago, I would have said, don't even worry about followers. They just kind of happen. You can install like an app like Milo Tree on your website that calls them to follow you because they're on your website or in your email list. But on Pinterest, it's kind of hard to get a follower. Now that they've introduced idea pins and they have this final slide, we see the follower growth increasing, but that doesn't necessarily correlate to impression or click increase. Mm. So you have to kind of take the metrics of follows, impressions, saves, and clicks kind of as different types of engagement and measure them all separately, not necessarily together. So. We tell people start tracking and see what your trend is. And that trend will be based on how many idea pins do you do? Do you not do any? Because somebody who's not doing any idea pins, their follower growth isn't going to happen as fast. Mm -hmm. But if you are focused on follower growth, jump all into idea pins and really see if you can really jumpstart it. There's nothing wrong with that. But if that's not your thing and you want to take kind of a slower, steady approach to it, then that's what your follower growth will look like too. Right. So it sounds like me, a mix of strategies would be helpful. Obviously, like the value adding uh, static pins should always be there. But if you want to get that, you know, what we call a vanity metric, then uh, mm-hmm. putting in a healthy amount of idea pins will also help you get that critical number. Because after all, sometimes, you know, as creators, when we pitch ourselves, a lot of it is about that follower number. And then I just don't think there's enough knowledge in a lot of brands to know that the follower number doesn't 
mean they'll get impressions and even if it's very small you can get still millions of impressions Mm -hmm. uh, a month so um if you need that critical mass idea pins is the way to go first to build up your follower count there's one other number on your main profile called monthly viewer number and this is kind of a compilation of all the numbers it's a vanity metric for sure. It's not something that I would use, but if you want to use it in your brand um, engagement, you can also look at that number. It's on a 30 day kind of sliding scale window. So uh-huh. if you have something that really went viral and you're in that 30 days, it's going to be higher. And then once that goes away, it's going to go lower, but you can look at that to see. We never use it here at Simple Pin for our clients, but it's something that you can definitely factor in. If it's high and it looks really good, then of course, throw it in there. Yes, yes. We always want to play to our strengths and use the, the numbers that are most attractive to, to brands and clients. Um, and then can I just ask you a little bit about affiliate links? Mm-hmm. So if I am a fashion or a beauty influencer and I want to recommend a lot of products, and I'm just on Pinterest right now providing value, pinning things, repinning things, doing idea pins. How can I go? What, what is the best way to go about making some affiliate income and putting sliding that little affiliate link in there and mm-hmm. make some money? Yeah. So there's two ways. One, you can definitely link to them on a static pin. Um, Pinterest allows affiliate links now and Amazon has approved that as well. So that would be number one. You could create a board dedicated to your favorite eyeshadow or Mm. your top reviews for blush. Something you wouldn't want to go with mascara because usually people like one and then they go with it. But something like eyeshadow has tons of different colors and you can direct your users to a particular board. In fact, a few creative ways you could do it is, let's say you have a lot of Instagram users that are into beauty. You put all of your um, eyeshadows into a Pinterest board about eyeshadow. Mm. You can link from Instagram to that Pinterest board and say, these are all my favorites. I would recommend you buy any of those. So that would be number one. Number two would be through an idea pin. So if you're doing taking that same eyeshadow, you're saying, this is how I apply nighttime eyeshadow or blue or whatever, you could walk through that and link to it there. So you have a greater chance of somebody buying with the idea pin because you've showed them how to use it and they have buy-in at the end. You can link to it on the final slide. It's under mm, stickers. I see. So if you go in there and you put it in there, you just obviously have to tag that it's an affiliate link and you'll want to do like an arrow to it and say tap twice. It's kind of weird how it opens up separate. So Mm. actually with affiliate link, it doesn't, that's a product linking. So scratch what I just said. You just want to put the link in there and then people can go purchase it. Oh, what is a product link? So a product link is for those who are e-commerce sellers, digital or physical products who have uploaded their catalog to Pinterest either manually or through the verified merchant program. Mm. So with idea pins, they can link to any of their products and it will take them straight to their store. It's usually Shopify is a great integration that Pinterest has through the verified right. merchant program, but WooCommerce or BigCommerce or any others are there too. It's a really good solution for physical product sellers who would run out of stock or prices would change. Mm, I see, I see. Mm. So if all of this feels a little complex for you and you want to get some more help other than listening to your podcast um, at Simple Pin Media, what other services do you provide for people for Pinterest? 
Yeah. So we have a range, but we have a quiz on our site too that will evaluate what level you're at with Pinterest. It's free. So you can see that at the top of our site. We have both memberships for people who want to learn Pinterest on their own called The Collective. And then we have one for people who want to dive into Pinterest ads, which mm-hmm. we didn't talk about, but that's a whole nother layer that's yeah. called The Society. And then oh. on our services side, we do both organic and uh, paid services, consultations for people who just need an hour call with our team to get us up online. But, and of course, our big library of Pinterest education that we have on there too. So just go to the site, search around, see what you need. It kind of leads you through the process of do it yourself or we do it for you. Yes, yes, definitely uh, check out her website, simplepinmedia.com. There is a wealth of resources and also just uh, like we said, don't sleep on Pinterest. I do think it can be very powerful. It just requires patience, which is not something that all of us have in this sort of microwave society and where social media, everything is so fast and we want to get results fast. But if you can put in the time to understand, learn and educate yourself and build the foundation blocks, this could really lead to uh, immense growth in the future, but also more importantly, very passive growth, which means you don't have to always actively be doing a ton of work and a hobby on the platform all the time. So it's less labor intensive, but over the long run, you could potentially get really, really good results. That's, that's what I think about Pinterest. Am I right? Yeah, no, so right. Such a good call out. And I think I often think of like the whole digital marketing as like a bicycle wheel. There's all these different spokes out that'll help keep it moving. Yeah. And I just think Pinterest is one that people miss so much because they feel confused by it or they feel overwhelmed and it takes way less time than all the other platforms. It really does. Yeah. 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 So right. definitely dive into it this year. Make 2022 your year of Pinterest. Yes. Yes. Let's do it. Thank you so much for sharing all of your valuable knowledge with us today, Kate. It was a pleasure having you on here. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much. Thanks again for tuning in to the Full-Time Influencer Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with someone who could benefit from it. And I'll see you in the next one.